theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. God, I do believe somebody's going to be encouraged today if it's just myself with what God has laid on my heart to share with you amazing folks. I'm so glad that you're here each Sunday. It's a joy to be able to gather together. I say it, but I'm going to continue to say it. We believe that Extraordinary Church is the fastest growing church in Canada. We've been here three and a half years and God is moving and I want to encourage you, invite folks to connect, to become a part. So many ways you can get connected and we want you to do that and so we also want you to stick around for a little bit the donuts that we have are not and i'm a krispy kreme guy i'm i'm a krispy kreme but but see i was exposed something happens to your palate when you get exposed to some other stuff see we moved to austin texas and then people were like, you need to have these round rock donuts. And I was like, they can't have anything on Krispy Kreme. And they're made out of sweet potatoes. And I thought, what, what, what? my dad and I were like, I, we went, I remember taking the first time. He was like, well, I want to try it now. He didn't want to wait till we got home, Bella. I, I was so convinced that they, were going, they weren't going to be worth anything. I said, I don't even want to eat it in the car. I'll just get to it when I get to it. He said, well, give me mine now. <laughs> Sarah said she remembers that that donut changed my life but wait till you get these donuts you're going to enjoy these donuts from Daddy O's Donuts we're going to have a good time So, uh, and who uh, Ryan introduced me to Daddy O's Donuts and so my man Ryan came through in the clutch and so uh, you're, going to, you're going to enjoy these donuts you'll have a great time we got them all boxed up and all that stuff let me go ahead and jump on into the word of the Lord open up your Bibles or your Bible apps if you will to the 40th Psalm the 40th Psalm and I'm going to read from verse 1 we're excited. We just got back. About 30 of us got back from uh, a youth convention that was taking place uh, in Whitby. And God moved in such a powerful way there. We had 17 people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We give God praise for that. A couple of them from EC. We rejoice in that too. And praise God. If I seem a little tired, I'm just going to ask God to help me. This because I am. I'm not, uh, praise God, I'm, I'm, I'm not as young and surprised as I used to be, praise the Lord. Then I was preaching on top of that, but uh, we got home, I don't know what time we got home last night, but I know whenever we got home, I didn't have any problem going to sleep. Praise God, I got in that bed and I was out. Matter of fact, we slept so good in the hotel the night before because we had preached and done stuff. Even the dog was tired. The dog was worn out. She hadn't even done anything. We were all in the bed like that. I don't think not one of us moved. Anyway, Psalm, uh, the 40th Psalm, looking at verse 1. Let's do this. I waited patiently 
for the Lord. And he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. Here's what he's done. He's put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Praise God. And by the help of his spirit today, I want to preach this message, this thought, church culture. Church culture. It'll make sense in a little bit. But would you help me pray? Lord Jesus, help me this afternoon to preach your word with relevancy with accuracy and with authority with anointing with supernatural unction god bring it to my spirit so that i may deliver what you have delivered to me i'm not interested in cliches or cute phrases but i'm expecting and releasing i'm expecting there to be a release of a sound god a, a new song oh lord god that will allow you to come in and sit right in on a praise oh lord god that will let you know that you are welcome here that will let heaven know that we're only interested in capturing your heart I believe that and we'll give you thanks and praise in Jesus name would you say amen you may be seated in the presence of the Lord I am about to make a, a statement that may confuse a few of you uh, but it'll make sense in a bit just stick with me but over the last few weeks I've told my wife this uh, that I feel like we're fighting for the soul of extraordinary church I feel like the soul the essence of who we are is at stake if you will and that's partly because a growing church and just frankly any organization church no matter what it is typically don't have to do anything to drift you are going to inherently drift if you will but there's something that God has been dealing with me about and I I want to talk to you about that because that is an issue of church culture you know what I'm talking about when I say culture but what kind of culture will extraordinary church have this is really important to me you're looking at me like like Imani was looking at me last night I'm like okay praise God I can't read okay praise God if you need to say something just say it praise God I was like something I was like oh Lord is something wrong she was just looking at me like I was like okay what is it what is I was like fix it help me Jesus all right praise God what kind of church culture uh by the way you, yeah, I, I'm that guy that I'm just gonna say it praise God you got something in your nose I'm gonna let you know praise God you know not that she could it would be a real problem if she could see all that from here praise God but um, anyway, anyway, I digress. What kind of church culture will we have? We have a purpose statement. Our purpose is we exist to help ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. This is what our purpose is. This is why we're here. Uh, and you know what? Uh, we are in an ever pursuit of achieving that. We have a vision statement. I, we, we say it oftentimes. We say it, frankly, every Wednesday and, and Sunday. But, you know, I want you to imagine with us the greater Toronto Hamilton area being a place where people know God. This is our, our, our vision where people can find freedom, make, you know, make, discover their purpose and make a difference. This is important to us. We convey that. We 
talk about a mission and I've said this before missions are things that can be accomplished so our mission statement is simple we want to well I mean I'm believing by the conclusion of 2023 the start of 2024 we will be planting another extraordinary church in the Mississauga area I'm believing that for the glory of God. I felt a little heat on that there. I need a few people to agree with me and declare that God is going to advance his kingdom in this area. As a matter of fact, let me tell you what I want to do. I want to plant 12 extraordinary churches in Mississauga alone. Praise God. I'm believing God for that. Praise God. We even have our, our core values. And we have nine core values, and you might want to stick around sometime. If you haven't had a chance to be a part of our growth track, I want to encourage you. Attend our growth track. Even if you've been around for a while, attend our growth track. Learn about our values. A lot of this is on our website, but all of these things are remarkably important, as I believe they reflect who we are in the church that we are becoming. But I do need to let you know that culture is really who you are no matter what you have written down you know there, there are a lot of churches or organizations that write things down on paper but those things don't manifest themselves there are a lot of churches that say they love people but love is not manifest in the house there are a lot of churches that say that everybody is welcome but everybody is not really welcome are you all understanding what I'm saying? Okay, I need to know you're picking up what I'm dropping down, praise God. Uh, but when we say no perfect people allowed or that we are the perfect church for imperfect people, I really want us to chase that. I really want us to pursue that. I, it's not just cliche. I, I mean that with every fiber of our being. We, we are the perfect church for imperfect people. I mean, if you don't have it all together, you belong here. If you think you have it all together, you belong here. If we have to have uncomfortable conversations, let's have them. But you're safe here. We are the perfect church for imperfect people. Everybody is welcome here. Every ethnicity, every culture, everybody belongs here at Extraordinary Church. I want us to chase that, if you will. I want us to pursue that. This is why I encourage all of you all to share your story. And uh, we do that even here at HC. We do it on our website. We do it via our social media channels and our YouTube channel. And as a matter of fact, we'll ask some of you, if we haven't already, to think about sharing your story. And if we didn't get to you and you want to share your story, we'd love to have you share your story. Why? Because, one, we don't own a building yet. Yet. I should say buildings because buildings we are on buildings yet but that's coming don't worry that's coming uh let you say before you can run you got to walk praise god before you can walk you got to crawl be patient but don't worry those things are coming but i do want our virtual space to tell the story of who we are and what we believe i want to set the culture that's why See, we have to be intentional, hear me, EC, about the culture we set because culture doesn't happen accidentally. You have to be intentional and diligent and consistent about setting the culture. 
Culture happens because you intentionally provide information, revelation, and the knowledge necessary for others to grab something and then begin to demonstrate or manifest that culture. So let me give it to you like this. I can't say I want to have a worshiping church but not be a worshiping pastor. If I want to see the church running the aisles, then you know what? I better run the aisles. If I want to see a church waving their hands, I better wave my hands. If I want to see a church get with the preaching, I better get with the preaching. If I want to be a part of a praying church, I better be a praying pastor. Can somebody say amen? You know what? You can't say, we can't say we want to have a house of freedom and everybody come in looking like they're bound. We can't say we want to be a place of healing and never pray prayers of faith and declare that you're healed. See, culture has to be intentional and every church has one. Whether they talk about it or not, they are demonstrating a particular culture. And as I have been processing the culture we want to see at Extraordinary Church, and I understand, I asked you a few Wednesdays ago to drink the Kool-Aid. I know you got to drink the Kool-Aid, not literally, I mean buy into the culture. But as the pastor, I believe you understand that we have a voice that declares this is what the Lord is doing at Extraordinary Church. And it's my responsibility, it's Sarah and I's responsibility to capture the heart of God along with our pastoral staff to try to come back to you and to say this is what heaven desires at Extraordinary Church. And the reason why this is important that we articulate this over and over and over, the reason why I say this, Pookie, sorry, uh, but the reason why I say this is because, one, I know what I said, but I don't know what you heard. Two, I, you may think I sound like a broken record, but the reality of it is I'm only 50% of the way there. So we over-communicate these things. This is why we always say, like, hey... You know, we're the perfect church for imperfect people. No perfect people allowed. This is why we say our purpose statement. This is why we over-communicate these things over and over and over because we want it to get into the culture. So let me just make a few declarations right now. Religion isn't welcome in this house. Religion, religion isn't welcome in this house because religion isn't changing anybody's life. But what's changing somebody's life is a transformational relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is who changes lives. We don't need religion. Religion isn't delivering anybody. Religion isn't saving anybody. But it is the transforming power of Jesus Christ that is changing lives. Let me tell you what else is not acceptable in this house. Passivity is not acceptable in this house. We will be a church that will passionately pursue the Lord Jesus Christ. This would be a good time to back me up. This will be a time to understand that, yes, we can sit and be comfortable, but there will be times that we're going to lean in to the presence of God. We're not going to have patty cake, now I lay me down to sleep type prayers. We're going to seek God with everything that we have. We're going to worship him with everything that we have. The sign told you on the way in, you are entering an atmosphere that is loud and full of faith and believing that anything is possible. 
We will not be passive. We will not sit idly by. We will get all that God has for us. Praise God. We'll get all that God has for us. Praise God. Let me tell you what else isn't welcome in this house. Disengaged and disconnected community living isn't welcome in this house. Praise God. I'm not telling you you're not welcome if you want to run in and you want to like run like you're doing suicides and run out. If you want to do that, that's on you. But what we want you to do is to stick around, do life with people, engage with people, invite somebody out to eat every once in a while, and not just the same folks. Go over somebody's house and have a little cookout, if you will. Can I, I want us to do life together. Am I telling you if you don't run the aisles and if you don't shout, you can't come to this church? No, that's not what I said. I'm just letting you know that disconnected aloof attendance is not what we're striving for the fact of the matter is if I'm just being real I could care less about a crowd I want the glory of God to show up because if the glory of God shows up then the people will come and see we've learned some things as we've walked this journey for the last three and a half years establishing this culture of worship and freedom we've learned that everybody won't go there and that's fine. They're not less spiritual, and I'm not saying that you're not going to heaven. But it occurred to me this morning that whatever we've seen from God and, and what's been by him and of him is minuscule to what's available. There's so much more. And I never want us to operate out of a posture like, oh, we've arrived. I want us to stay humble. And more importantly, I want us to stay hungry. Hungry for more of him. And one of the areas that I feel like God is trying to sharpen in our culture is this thing of worship. Now, you just give me some pads and you just kind of watch me and flow with me. I wish I could. I'm not going to wish. I'm going to play at one point. Praise God. I'm a, if, I, if, I, if I start playing, y'all never get me to shut up. Praise God. If the Lord will teach me to play and then sing, oh, my Lord. It might make me the Luther gospel music. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Y'all young folks don't know nothing about that. Praise God. It's right on last. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Praise God. I never want us to operate out of a posture of we've arrived. Look at what the psalmist said. I've waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined to me and he heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps he's put a new song in my mouth praise to our God many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord so for a few moments I want you to allow me to unpack this and, and to show you how I believe it relates to extraordinary church and in particular our culture because one of the things that I'm discovering about the enemy in his tactics is they're common among the righteous. I want you to hear me. Over this last little bit, I've run into some people here that are part of our church family. And they've said things to me like, man, you know what? I wanted to just, uh, I wanted to run all over that place, but, uh, but I didn't. Or, you know what? Man, I, I love the preaching, but I, I was looking and I thought somebody might, they might think I'm too loud. 
Or you know what? Man, I felt like God wanted to use me, uh, but I was worried about everybody else. Oh my. Uh, all of, all, every, every time I've heard that, it's not been an overwhelming number of times. When I've heard it, it grieves me because, can I just tell you, here people are not looking at you. If anything, I believe people are waiting on you to be courageous to go ahead and bless the Lord as God has called you. I just want to expose the enemy right now and let you know that freedom is in the atmosphere. His lies have been exposed and his truths are, and the truths of our God are able to break the chains and bring people so that you can experience freedom out of spiritual darkness. And I'm telling you, there's a spiritual darkness that is trying to choke the joy out of some believers. There's a praise that is being locked up on some people. But I'm here to let you know that there's a freedom. You can go ahead and let that praise out. You can go ahead and let that joy out. You can celebrate because of what God has done in your life. If you want to clap your hands, clap your hands. If you want to dance, if you want to run, if you want to shout, if you want to holler, do it because you are free. And whom the Son is set free is free. something locked up on the inside that wasn't permitted because you're worried about what others thought because of that you felt out of place thought you thought you were in an atmosphere where nobody was doing what you felt locked up on the inside to do can I tell you we don't have a praise problem we have a freedom problem and there are demon spirits that are and I know this might sound spooky pooky, but I'm just going to tell you it's the absolute truth. There are demon spirits that are terrorizing the people of God, telling them that you don't have to praise the Lord. You don't need to lift your hands and people going to talk about you. Or you're not worthy. I know what you did last night. You can't sing that song. God didn't really do that in you. You're not important enough. You don't have that title. Can I tell you, all that stuff is garbage. Jesus Christ is worthy of my praise and because he's worthy of my praise I'm going to give it to him I'm going to celebrate what he's done in my life we're creating a culture of radical worshipers here at Extraordinary Church Marsh Pit type Christianity that celebrates he delivered me he rescued me he picked me up out of my pit I can't sit still I can't sit on my hands I can't be quiet He's been too good. He's been too good. He's been too good. Let me just release you right now in the atmosphere and just let you know, praise unto God is always appropriate here at EC. You can always celebrate his presence here at Extraordinary Church. You're always welcome to give him a thank you, Jesus. You're always welcome to tell him how much you love him. You're always welcome to kick your shoes off if the heels are uncomfortable and you gotta go ahead and praise him. You're always able and welcome to give him glory. See, in the 40th Psalm, David begins to testify. How many of y'all remember what it's like being in a pit? 
See, it wasn't just any kind of pit. The Bible calls it a horrible pit. And what I found interesting is if you study this out, and I, I didn't get a chance to unpack all of this last night and this morning, but the word horrible means noisy, a tumultuous sound. This was a tormenting pit accompanied by hopelessness and a sound of devastation. That's where David was. He knew what it was like, and just like David knew what it was like, many of us know what it's like. I don't know how long David was in the pit, but he was there a little while, and the Bible said... He waited. Our society has made a living of removing anything that causes us to wait. Our society has made a living, a lot of money, finding shortcuts so we can remove the weight. Man, I remember Ryan, Ryan was over early this week. I, and he, you know what? He hooked us up with some, some moose meat. Man, out there hunting in the, I don't know where he is, praise God, in the Rockies. I just kind of envisioned Ryan jumping off a mountain, praise God, the, like Rambo and the knife, just taking stuff out, praise God. He brought some moose meat and some pheasant. I ran into the music director here at Cooksville, and, or Sarah did, because she emailed me. She said, how was that moose meat and the pheasants? I sent her a picture, praise God. But I thought to myself, I said, Ryan... I made him think I knew what I was talking about. I said, I said, what'd you do to shoot those pheasants? You buckshot? He was like, actually, I did. And I thought, man, I thought I know something. <laughs> Praise God. But it made me, it made me laugh and think about what they had to do back in the day. I don't mean like in the 70s. I'm talking about like back in the day when you had to be a hunter, I would clearly have been a gatherer. But if you had to be a hunter and you had to go hunt your food, I mean, you had to wait. You had to wait. Now, we pull up to Chick-fil-A. If you haven't been to Chick-fil-A, praise God, at Scarborough Town Center, you need to go visit Jasmine and Stevens, Chick-fil-A. I've already been there four or five times, praise God. Line wrapped around them all down the hall, and I think I was in and out in two minutes. It hardly a wait, praise God. I told every time I go, I'm going to just get like gallons of sweet tea. I was drinking nothing but water until y'all came. Help me, Jesus, praise God. Now I got this sweet tea in my life. But you know what? And now, even a two-minute wait is too long. The earth wants a microwaved thing. And the problem with that is we've translated that into our Christianity. Our journey with God is not going to follow the microwavable culture that we're living in. If you don't get this in your spirit, you'll never become qualified to handle the anointing that shakes a generation because you think those things happen overnight. I'm here to let you know that you have to be willing to wait. You have to go through the process. Yes, yes, what I want to tell you, those kinds of harvests come through long seasons of seed sowing, crying, weeping, and praying, and waiting on God to fulfill the promise of his word. I waited patiently for the Lord. I waited patiently for the Lord. What's interesting about this text that I just read to you is the words waiting and patiently are the same Hebrew words. Give me some pads, just you, praise God. I feel like buckshot. 
Give me some pants. Praise God. <laughs> Let me learn. Let me stop. Next time, give me some pants in the key of. Don't let me, don't, 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 I don't want to lose you. What's interesting is the words waiting and patiently are the same Hebrew word. Don't miss this. If you're taking notes, you want to write anything down, you write this down. See, I waited in the Hebrew is kavah, Q-A-V-A-H. So in essence, if those are the same words, waited and patiently, what David was saying, I know Alex is already there. David simply said, I waited and waited. I waited and I waited. I waited on healing and I waited on healing. I waited on promises and I waited on promises. I waited on open doors and I waited on open doors. I, I waited on God to heal my marriage and I waited on God to heal my marriage. I waited and I waited and I waited. And the word waited is interesting because it has the idea of binding together like a rope. And see, a rope, the strength of a rope is that it is bound and tied together with other string. Some of us have no strength because in the waiting, we're not bound to something that supplies strength while we're waiting. But today, I want to encourage you, if you get tied to some of God's promises, when you wait and you get bound to it, the wait won't be that bad because the waiting will be full of hope. That's why you can't give up when you wait and you wait and you wait because while you're waiting, you are bound to a promise from the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why you can wait and wait and wait and wait and never give up and still give God praise, still wipe the tears from your face, lift your hands and say you're going to make it, still tell the devil he's a liar and you trust God. Why? Because you are tied to his promises. If you're tied to his promises, give him praise. If you're tied to his word, give him thanks. If he ever said he's going to heal you, bind yourself to that promise. If he ever said he's going to deliver you, bind yourself to that promise. If he ever said he's going to make a way, bind yourself. He's going to make a way. He's going to make a way. We're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. I'm trying to hurry. The next thing, if you look at this passage here of scripture that I read to you, he says, I, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me. Oh my goodness. He inclined to me. I, I want you to think about this. It says it in the King James and the New King James like this. He Inclined, it literally means he turned. <laughs> Praise God. David said, I waited patiently and God turned. Praise God. Does anybody know that God is turning something around in your life this afternoon? But see, there's something interesting that I, I, I want you to see here because he inclined to me and he heard my cry. David was a desperate man. See, he had once saw a herd of gazelle bounding toward the, the river. Nothing could stop them in their pursuit of water.
He wrote, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you. See, I read about a story of a woman who went to an unjust judge and pleaded and pleaded and pleaded. And the Bible said that the unjust judge gave the woman what she wanted because he was tired of listening to her cry. Now, if the unjust judge can answer somebody simply because they refused to stop and they kept on waiting. If we serve a really good God whose anger is only for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. If we serve a God whose anger is only for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. Can I tell you how much more should we begin to cry out to God with our mouth? Listen, crying is not, it's not this sign of weakness. As a matter of fact, if you look it up, really what he's talking about is desperation. Desperation has to be a part of who we are. I want to be around desperate believers desperate people who realize you know I told them last night people want to know if I have to have the Holy Ghost to go to heaven I'm like man I got to have the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart I need the Holy Ghost to go everywhere I go I have to have him what because I'm desperate for him I realize if I get up out of bed and I don't have King Jesus I don't have anything I've got to have him above everything else why because I am desperate Is there anybody in the house that's desperate for him? You remember where you were and you can't go back. God, I got to have you. You remember what he's called you to do. You understand. You need him. There's a desperation. Somebody let a desperate cry out unto your God. Let him know you need him. You want him. You got to have him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God crying out desperate 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 reminded me of my kids when they were young it was two things are we there yet five minutes later are we there yet are we there yet no, we'll get there. Just wait patiently. Are we there yet? I remember we used to love, I didn't even tell them, you know, I'm getting, I'm, I'm at that age, but when they were younger, like, I don't know, three or four, we would listen to this thing called, this show called Adventures in Odyssey. I loved it. They loved it too at three or four. But I love it now, praise God. One time, Sarah was joking on me because the kids were, I don't know what it was. I don't know what cartoon it was. It was like 1130 at night. You know, the kids go to bed like at 8 when they were like 5 or 6 or whatever it was, 9 o'clock. And I was just downstairs laughing. She was like, what is he doing? So she came down. She's like, what are you watching? I was watching the cartoon Backyard Again. Just we're having a good time. Praise God. Just enjoying that thing. Praise God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a zinger. Anyway, you'd have to, yeah. (laughs) Cry. But there was this desperation. You know, we, they they would say things. You know, we'd get in, we'd listen to Adventures in Odyssey, and we wouldn't even get in the car quick. 
and they, you know, especially Lincoln, he'd be like, can you play it? I'm like, boy, I'm like, play what? We, I ain't got, you know, I'm like, no, I don't. He's like, oh, Adventures and Odyssey. I'm like, dude, I ain't even sat down yet. You know what? But he was, you know what? I'm trying to get my seatbelt on. Can you play it? I'm trying to back out to make sure we don't bump anybody. Can you play it? Can you play it? Can you play it? Can you play it? And my goodness, you all, for those of you all that have kids, you know what I'm talking about. I get to the point where I'm like, my God, let me stop what I'm doing and play this show so this boy or these kids will leave me alone. Can I tell you, when you don't let go of a desperation and you realize that you have got to have him in your life, you've got to have him showing up. We've got to have him when we come together. Every time we gather together, we can't afford ordinary church. We have to have extraordinary church. Why? Because there are broken people, bound people, confused people, hurting people right here in this building who need us to be able to pull on God, to have a desperate praise, to have a desperate prayer, to have a desperation cry out so that He will show up and meet their need. I waited on God. I waited on you, Jesus. you ever get to that place where you realize you're in a pit see I, I never forgot you I'm talking about those moments in your life where you got to write it down that's why I journaled because what God was doing in my life I had to write it down I remember laying on the floor meditating having suicidal thoughts being sucked into a black hole, no hope, no peace, reaching out, trying everything you can possibly imagine, astral projection, metaphysics, you name it, I was into it and it left me empty. Nothing could satisfy me. I was broken, confused, and had no hope. I remember, I remember that pit. And when he turned and heard my cry, I didn't know his name yet. I don't think I had ever ushered or uttered, excuse me, a thank you, Jesus, or I love you, Jesus. But when I came to the church that day, the first thing I said was, I'm sorry. When you ever get to that place where he's pulled you out of that pit, that place, you'll never forget it, and you'll never be able to sit down and shut up about it You'll have to tell everybody. I don't care if the song is fast. I, if it's slow, you'll be, praise God. You'll be dancing. They'll want to know why you're coming in through the snow because you weren't in the pit that I was in. They want to know why you tell your job you don't work on Sundays because you don't know the pit that I was in. They want to know, you know what? Why are you so excited and inviting everybody? Because you don't know the pit that I was in. They want to know why you're getting behind the preaching because you don't know the pit that I was in. They want to know why you're hooping and hollering because they don't know the pit that I was They don't know the pit that he was in. But if you've ever been there where you're on the edge of things falling apart and he stepped in and turned around and picked you up out of your mess, you would give him praise too.
you'd give him glory too. You'd worship him too. Why? Because he heard my cry. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Give him glory. I feel something breaking in the atmosphere. I feel something shifting in the atmosphere. You're waiting on your marriage to change. Keep waiting. Keep waiting. Keep waiting. You're waiting on breakthrough. I waited and I waited. You're waiting on deliverance. I waited and I waited. You waited on your children to come back. I waited and I waited. But can I tell you, he hears you. He hears you. He has turned. See, oh, I feel some heat on that. My God, I feel a turnaround anointing in the house. I'm telling you, God is turning things around. Your situation is changing. I need somebody to help me out. I'm telling you, things are turning around for your good. He's turning it around. Watch God do it. Open up your mouth and cry out to him. He will save your family. He will heal your body. He will deliver you. He will keep you. He will. Wait on him. Praise God. Here's what I want you to see and I'm going to be done. Watch this. See, I don't have time to unpack all this. I wish I did. So the first part of this verse is not I waited patiently for the Lord. The first part of this verse is to the chief musician. To the chief musician. A song, a song of David. I feel hope in the atmosphere right now. Praise God. I feel hope in the atmosphere. Somebody just needs to cry out to him. Praise God. I don't know if you feel what I feel, but I'm telling you, you've been waiting, but God's fixing to do it. Somebody's heart is melting. God is turning things around in your good. God can fix this thing. God can work this thing out. God can make it happen and he'll get the glory. David is in this pit. And he writes a song. And that's what, I think he's responsible for like the first 44 or 48 psalms. I don't know. Alex is affirming me, so I'm somewhere in the ballpark. Praise God. He's, he's responsible for at least the first third, you know, right, right around there. So, and he, he writes this down. And I believe he goes to the chief musician. He says, man, you know what? Got this song right here. I want you to put some music to it let me tell you why he wanted him to put some music to it because the same mouth he cried out to God with verse 3 he has put a new song in my mouth I was crying I was desperate I was broken I was confused but he has put a new song in my mouth. That's why I've got the musicians up here because there's a new song in the atmosphere. There's a new song in the culture. This is a generation of them that seek him. 
praise be to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Why? Because he's put a new song in my mouth. A song of joy. A song of hope. A song of peace. A song of he's a way maker. A miracle worker. He is a God who's working things out for my good. And I give him praise. I give him glory. And I give him thanks. Hallelujah. He's put a new song in my mouth. A new song. A new song. A new song. A new song. (laughs) Oh, there's a new beginning for somebody. There's a new day for somebody. Oh, I feel hope rising in the atmosphere. A new song for your marriage. A new song for your career. A new song for your family. A new song for your ministry. A new song. I want us to stand as we get ready to close. Feel the help of the Holy Ghost. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.